curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're In Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're In Sales Podcast. The So You're In Sales Podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy. Let us show you how. Now, on with the show. I couldn't think of a better guest to kick off Promotional Products Work Week. As members of our industry open their doors to the world in an attempt to reveal the value and benefit of our advertising medium, we'll be witness to great efforts from volunteers across the country. Volunteering is the shine on the diamond that is our industry, and Dana Geiger, lies at the epicenter of those volunteer efforts. In her time as an executive director for regional trade associations, to the countless road trips she's made to support her peers and other regionals, from the hours spent ensuring her boards of directors are prepared and equipped to make important business decisions, to the humor and grace she brings to her family and friends, Dana Geiger brings a 1,000 megawatt smile and a laser sharp attention to detail to everything she does. Welcome, Dana. Thank you. That's quite an introduction, Roger. I appreciate that. As I say often to my guests, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and if I can't flatter you in the first 15 seconds, I'm probably going to lose you for the conversation, so that's my <laughs> gift to you, and I'm so happy yeah. that you could make it. <laughs> well done. You've done it. Thank you. <laughs> You're Thank welcome. You. Well, and you know, as is the case oftentimes with my guests, you know, we, we have the benefit of a lengthy relationship between you and I. And so I'm always most excited when I have the opportunity to bring that personal context to the discussion that we're going to have. So this is no different than that. You and I go back a long time and um, it's been an interesting journey, you and I, in in the course of what we've done over the years. So uh, we'll use some of that to help inform some of our discussion that we'll have today, right? Great. Yeah, please. Cool. So um, I thought it would be important, especially given that it's work week, that we talk a, l- a little bit about the regional association community and where it is today, how it may be different than what it's been in the past, and maybe some things that people maybe weren't even aware of. So is that you cool with that sort of being the context of, of what we'll talk about? I love that. 
I cool. love that. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get into it. Um, I think first and foremost, we probably should not be presumptuous enough to assume that anyone listening would know exactly what it is that we're talking about. So if people aren't certain about what a regional trade association is, could you offer some someone that wouldn't know a, a brief explanation of that? Definitely. And I appreciate that because the more I have interactions with members, the more I realize it's important to define it because not everybody has the knowledge of the regional community. Uh, So to give a broad stroke of what that looks like, the regional association community for our industry is comprised of 27 regional associations that are located across the country. Um, Each of them are separate entities, and I'm proud to say regional affiliate partners with PPAI. Each of them are managed by a volunteer board of directors, which are distributors and suppliers and business service members that donate their time. And most of them, um, if not all, have either a part-time staff person or a full-time staff person functioning as their executive director. And while they are so different in nature, each one of them are, um, their primary responsibility are to their individual memberships. So Mm -hmm. that's an overall description of the community at large. Yeah. So let's dig into that just a little bit. So when you talk about that representation, right, um, a lot of times in the past when I've had this discussion, uh, people will say like, like, do you mean a union? And like, no, not really a union. And they're like, well, so like, what would my membership get me? What, what, why, by being a member of the organization, what, what benefits and protections am I given for the money that I'm going to spend? Right. Great question. So I often describe it to somebody as the chamber, but for our industry locally. Okay, that's good. To help people connect. Um, And like I said, each association is very different, um, but I think um, overall each community's primary goal and each of their missions are different is just to connect with the, with the industry professionals in their region. And those connections look different, whether that's at an event or in some kind of networking program. Some of them have small interest groups formed. Um, It's about connections and it's about um, relationships, really. Absolutely. And I I think even more importantly, there's just a disparate amount of participation from like the membership ranks, like from one regional association to another, you'll see 50, 100% difference in the membership roles. And it's not necessarily that that's a, a, a reflection of one regional association being stronger than another. It's oftentimes maybe a percentage of the overall population of practitioners in each of those areas. You know, California clearly is going to have more regional associations and more members than perhaps Ohio, right? So, right. so speak a little bit to what you see across the board when it comes to kind of that piece of it. Yeah, sure. Well, I appreciate that. So I've had the good fortune in the last eight years to work for three different regionals as their executive director. And I wouldn't have believed it till I really walked that path that each regional is so different. Um, even those that are neighboring regionals, there's a culture, there's a, um, a tone to each and it's unique and it's reflective of the membership and the leadership there. So it's absolutely true. A a colleague of mine said to me last week, if you've seen one regional, you've seen one regional. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Very true. And I love that. So, um, we all are similar, but so different. And that's the beauty of the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah, you mentioned the role of executive director and, 
as you mentioned, uh, you've had the good fortune to not only have been responsible for that role for a number of different regional associations, some of them in tandem at the same time, but you've also been the overachiever that I know you to be and have built a peer network for yourself of other executive directors uh, within that regional association community. So you are probably one of the best suited members of our industry to describe the responsibility of the executive director. So why don't we talk a little bit about what that job means, what it requires, and sort of from your own perspective, what are the critical success factors necessary for an executive director to be able to do their job well? Okay. Uh, well, thanks again. First of all, I'm proud to be representative of that group. And I would tell you that um, any of the regional directors could speak to this probably better than I. I do feel very fortunate to have created the relationships that I have amongst that community because they are just the biggest group of big hearted doers you've ever met. Um, but they're each, you know, each association has again, one staff person or some, some of the larger regionals do have additional staff, but, um, it's important for the, in my opinion, for the community to understand the role of the executive director, because while that person is the mainstay and the continuity, a truly a proficient executive director understands their role with the board of directors. So the board will come and go, and they certainly are um, responsible for the foresight and strategy that leads that individual association. And to me, a good executive director is, you know, can learn quickly how to respond to those evolving personalities and still make that strategic mission happen. And um, it's a real da dance sometimes to try and adapt and be what these volunteer leaders need and yet still provide that mainstay and that continuity. And the folks in, in this position throughout the regional community, I think that they are, they are the heroes that make that work 94% of the time. Yeah. So um, it's tricky. It's tricky sometimes, but it's also incredibly rewarding. Well, and the smile on your face tells me that you still feel the benefit of that reward. But that being said, let's, let's peel this back just a little bit more because I think it's important for people to understand the relationship. So when you, with these volunteer boards, talk about sort of how boards are organized from a tenure perspective. And so typically it's, it's usually a one or two year term for a board member, right? If you're lucky. If you're lucky, right? <laughs> and yeah. And, you know, because it is a volunteer role, there even is some in-year transition often between people who may originally have believed that they had the time and energy and talent necessary to lend to that job only to then find out that it's either more time-consuming, challenging, or difficult than they originally thought, and then they have to resign their position. So there's, there, there can be, even within the course of a board year, some, some dance to do there as well, too. So from your perspective, think about it from um, the executive director as the steward of the tribal knowledge of the organization. And that role, that you have to play as the informant to the leadership. Talk a little bit about that. Um, so let me clarify too, when I say in your lucky, I meant that from a volunteer perspective, meaning <laughs> oftentimes we get our hooks into you. Yeah. <laughs> not just one or two years. Like, oh yeah. Like, like uh, some of, like some of us so, on this call, right? <laughs> yes. 
So speaking to that, I mean, yes, you, I mean, you really described that pretty, pretty accurately. I mean, that is our function is to be that, um, just the mainstay and that conduit for communication. Um, and, and like you said, they rotate in one or two, maybe three years at a time and having to re-deliver it and repackage it so it doesn't get old. And also in a way it doesn't stifle progress or change. Um, you know, the regional community has, I've only been doing this in this industry since 2010, which is only eight years. And I've seen a very big shift in the way we operate as a community and also really um, what's working may not be what worked 10 years ago. So um, it's important when you have an executive director delivering that, it's done in a way that, you you know, just the facts, man, you stick to just the facts. <laughs> so that it doesn't go, well, this is, you know, what we do, so that it, the implication is not that we won't do something else or something different. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Did I your question? You did, you did for okay. sure. And, you know, the executive director role i think even to a certain extent has has transformed in the last few years and and it's not to say that that's become a, a more or less important position i just think as the community has gotten itself more organized as a whole it's afforded the executive director community a little bit different responsibility as it's as it's uh, as that evolution has occurred but I guess let's pivot for a second because I, I think there's an important point for us to make here and um, especially for some of our younger listeners, um, there might be some, I don't know what the right word would be, some, some disbelief about the value of that kind of participation given the fact that regional trade associations predate the internet and in a lot of ways those trade associations were far, far more important as far as information transfer was concerned in years past because of the fact that there just wasn't as easy of a way to find out information. So, so given that that's all happened and the Internet exists, from your perspective, from where you're sitting, what makes membership in a regional trade association something to consider today? Uh relationships relationships as much as you can get online and connect online which is vital and important the connections that happen in the regionals in my opinion are 3 3d 4d 5d i don't know they, like our products they touch on all the senses absolutely so, um i look at the conversations that happen at regional events and as much as i see the same virtual personalities connecting, whether it be on our Facebook page or in some kind of blog, the conversations that vary from inner interactions that happen face to face, um, it's just, it's tenfold. And I still think that's the most powerful, um, benefit that you get by having a regional membership. Um, you know, I, I back that up and I say that, you know, regional association memberships are like gym memberships. You have to use them. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I have a lot of members of my previous regionals that wouldn't utilize the full, um, battery of, of benefits or features that we would bring to them. And it was, there was still value in it, but there's always more that can be had. A hundred percent agree. And when you talk about relationships, let me offer a little personal context when it comes to that. So I've been a supplier. I've been a distributor. I've worked for a very large distributorship. I have owned my own. I have worked for a medium-sized distributorship. I, I've ran the gamut. 
But what I can tell you with certainty is it is my time as a volunteer that allows me the opportunity. If I happen to be in need of help on something directly to do with my business today, I can pick up the phone and call people that if I was just a number on a spreadsheet on a sales report, I would not be important enough for those people in leadership positions at companies in our industry to pick up the phone and actually have a conversation with me about an order I need help with. I can promise you with certainty because of my time as a volunteer, I can pick up the phone and make that phone call and that phone call will get not only get answered, but will get answered in a way that is a reflection of that person's recognition of the investment that we both made into the industry as volunteers. Secondarily, when you're wanting to do business with someone, especially in today's digital age, it's very, very difficult to get a chance to see into the character of that person. Sure, we all put stuff out there, my LinkedIn profile, my Facebook page, it's all, of course, the shiniest, best representation of who I am as a person because that's what we're all taught to do. But when you're working as a volunteer, it gives each person the chance to be able to see that other person in a way that doesn't have to do necessarily with a transaction. So it gives you the chance to reveal your character and also witness the character of other people so that when it's time for you to pick your tribe and know what it is you're going to want to do and who you're going to want to take with you on your journey, that time as a volunteer gives you all kinds of context and reference around who are the people that you would make that choice with. And I just don't know how you replace it. Thank you for answering that question in the in, in, a, in a way that I never could because I think, I mean, drop the mic. I mean, that's it, right? To me, that's the best testimony to, I mean, you are a super volunteer, like to meaning you have, you have been the, the president of a regional community. You have worked as president of the RAC community, which I mean, you're, you're the super user. So, <laughs> um, but that, I mean, you just encapsulated it right there. Can't, can't beat that. I'm the retired super user, but thank you. <laughs> All right. So, so um, go ahead. What were you going to say? <laughs> yeah, I still think that um, maybe from a uh, visibility standpoint, retired, but I think yeah. that there's a lot happening behind the scenes there. <laughs> maybe so. All right. So if I have a progressive listenership and I would like to think that I do, I think they'd be interested in hearing about some innovation. So uh, the community, as we mentioned, has evolved. So uh, from an innovation standpoint, what have you seen that you think is noteworthy or surprising or, you know, what should we be touching on when we talk about innovation? Uh, Well, it's a good question. And I I certainly don't have a crystal ball, but I do think that – from a regional community perspective, I think it would be naive to think that we would not experience some of the same trends we're seeing in our industry at large. So I think already you're starting to see some collaborations, um, both internally and externally with the regional associations, whether that be with larger groups or whether that be with other regional associations. Um, for instance, I was just at OPA last week. I had a lovely invitation to speak to their membership who they were, you know, unsurprising to me, very indicative of the members nationwide and why I love this industry. They were warm, they were open, um, and they were honest. And, um, but being there at, at that regional, I, LaDonna, who is the executive director for OPA, of course, was there, Paul Kiwi from MIPA, Tiffany Kanak from 
PPAM and Dante Shannon from SAC. So you're already starting to see this um, collaboration and idea share, which has always kind of been there under the scenes, but it's evolving. And so out of that, I think what you'll see is programs maybe developing as a collaboration with regionals. Um, you know, rising tides raise, raises all boats. And um, I think that you're going to see more and more of that. That's my prediction. How that plays through uh, organizationally, I don't know, but um, that's my thought at this point. A couple examples of that. I am presenting to a broad cross-section of the industry on May 30th via this tool that MIPA created called Wild Wednesday Webinars. Ah, yes, I've heard of it. Great. And, and if I remember right, I think Paul told me, Paul is the executive director at MIPA, that now Wild Wednesday Webinars are attended by 20 different regional association members. That's but, fantastic. I knew there was a lot of regionals participating. I didn't know the number was that high. Yeah. That's great. So if you think about from what you said, from a collaboration perspective, I mean, there's just a shining example of one regional association director having the wherewithal and the contact base to create a very robust education vehicle that then Almost everyone else in the industry has said, hey, we see value in this, and so let's jump on and make it more valuable both for the recipient of the information as well as the person giving the presentation. I mean, it's great for me to know that I have the opportunity to get whatever it is I'm going to share out to such a just amazingly large cross-section of people because someone else was willing to do the work. Secondar yeah. Secondarily. I would tell you um, my time as RAC president was going on five years ago now. And what is different to me from when I was in that spot is how many end user events the regional associations are putting on now. And that went from being somewhat taboo conversation when I was in a leadership role at MIPA and both at RAC as well to it's, it's becoming almost the standard. And if you look at it, um, Mary Jo Tomasini, who's just coming off the PPAI board, has a written testimonial where she says, I stopped, she used to, her business used to have their own end user event. And they, all of the coordination and all of the logistics that were necessary to produce that event, she was able to just stop doing because MIPA went and did that for her. And so now instead of her having to focus on being the producer of an event, she can devote that time to building the relationships with her customers that she's bringing to the event that somebody else put on. So to me, I see all kinds of innovation going on. And I think it's a really, really exciting time for the community, which in some ways might seem counterintuitive given the fact that when you say regional trade association, it just evokes this sort of old idea, right? But in reality, there's just so much amazing stuff going on that, that maybe some people aren't necessarily even aware of. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, it's funny you say that because I, I, and maybe I've just been too close to it, but I haven't considered it in that context that it is, you know, we were, we were all pretty much founded in the late eighties as a, as a byproduct of not being able to connect, but I don't associate it there anymore. Um, but I think it, you make an excellent point. And as I look at to the faces of, uh, the leaders coming into these regionals, there's a lot of, um, what I call 2.0s, like second generation industry um, 
volunteers and they're bringing a youth and a vitality. So I don't necessarily have that association, but I can see how, you know, maybe the community at large would if they're not involved. So that's a great point. No doubt. And it's really difficult, time consuming and expensive to produce an event. And if someone will do it for you and it's as good or better than what you could do, why not just go to that party? Well, I love that too, because as you know, these buyer events are huge and you do need the buy-in from these distributors that, um, you know, are interested in having an event like that and have been maybe hosting it on their own so that we're not oversaturating it and putting more pressure on our suppliers around who are committing to here and there because they don't want to say no to their customers. Um, and so I love it when I hear of a distributor like Mary Jo and there's quite a few others that have embraced the model to, to allow us to do the work for them. If I could just make a plea to others to do the same, I would do that. Um, well, and if you really look at it, like when I was in my spot, the thing that I tried to keep everyone focused on was not member benefit, but non-member benefit. The thing that would be the reason why someone would make a choice to join And I hate to say it, but I always felt like to a certain extent that the members of the regional association community are very loyal and we could do mean things to them. And for the most part, they won't go away. (laughs) And so I turned my focus to if I know that I'm taking good care of the people that are already here, what can I do to bring more people to the dance floor? And these end user events, I mean, I just I don't care what size distributor you are, if you want your people to have the opportunity to be able to, to like put their hands on product in a way that's going to be meaningful and tangible to them. There's just no better way to do it. So in the non-member benefit category, I just don't know of something that could be more valuable than that. And maybe we'll come up with it here sometime in the future. But gosh, I mean, distributors, if you want your customers to see something, check the regional association calendar in your community. And I promise you there's probably an opportunity for that to happen. So, Dana, you recently accepted a new job with PPAI. So let's talk about that role, the responsibilities you have within that role, and being the overachiever that I know you are, what would you like to accomplish in the near term now that you have that opportunity? Uh, Everything. (laughs) Of course, everything. Yes, I have. uh, I'm recently employed by PPAI as of March of this year. Um, My... And let me just say, I, I still have to pinch myself because, you know, coming from the regional community, I I loved what I did and I didn't ever really foresee myself like, well, I, I knew I couldn't do it forever in that capacity, but I didn't want to leave the industry and I'm not a salesperson. I am an association person. So being offered this opportunity is, is really um, exciting for me. What's more exciting for me is my primary function is to serve the community of professionals that I used to work amongst. And I take that as a huge responsibility. Um, sitting in the chair eight years allowed me a perspective that I think is vital. Um, I have the relationships, at least with the current community where I know they're going to answer my phone, at least, you know, at least currently. Um, and I know they'll be honest with me and that's really uh, where I'm at now is I'm just trying to collect data and feedback Um, you know trying to connect with each each community and find out if you could write the rules what would what would PPI be able to do to make you be more effective in your own region that's the question I'm asking and I'm also asking you know what does the partnership look like for your regional and I think it's different for each association. And so my challenge will be trying to meet each regional where they are 
um, and make sure that uh, that we're delivering value to the regionals and then vice versa, you know, really from PPAI's perspective, if you've read the new strategic plan, um, our, one of our is to become a more relational association and to really have that connection with the members. To me, the regionals have those connections. And if we can figure out a way to optimize the relationship between the communities so that PPAI can, you know, ferry that relationship. And to me, like, possibilities are limitless. So that encapsulates my my current position, what I think it will be, what I hope it will be. Um, but I don't know, maybe you'll have me back in a year and I can tell you where I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe how it's become something more than what you expected it to be. And I would tell you, even in the short amount of time, I mean, we're talking about less than 60 days since that you've been in this role. Um, I've seen you put some innovation into what's going on. And, and I wanted to make sure that we highlighted this. So uh, the regional association community gets together a few times a year, but there's a, a specific event called the leadership development workshop that happens in October where just we get the largest group of population of regional association leaders together in a room. And I was there often and I was every time completely blown away by the shared passion of the larger organization for our industry and what we do to make a living. Where maybe it might have fallen down in the past was that would sort of be the end of the conversation until the next year. And what I'm seeing you do by various communication methods, some being social media, other being personal to person outreach, I see you questioning the community in ways that will help inform what the efforts are in between. And that's very valuable. And so I want to encourage you to continue to do that because what even what I've seen so far in the brief time that you've been doing it, the reactions and the feedback that you've been getting, I'm, I'm sure like some of that, like it's going to take you a while to read all of what you've been given. <laughs> and so if you continue to ask those questions, I think as an aggregator, right? So what I see you doing right now, you said data. So I, I, I see aggregation. It's, it's you pulling that information together so that you have it available to you as you're trying to make those decisions for yourself. So keep it up. That's excellent stuff. Have, has there been any surprise in there? Has there been something that sort of raised your eyebrows? Um, well, no, but th thank you for the encouragement, Roger, because I appreciate that. Um, as a past rack leader and as a friend and a colleague, I appreciate that because I really am just kind of making it up as I go. So. Yeah. Thanks for the encouragement. Um, no, not yet. There hasn't been. Um, if anything, it's it's how quickly the responses have been coming back to me. Um, I certainly expected the responses, but I think people are really excited to speak to it and be asked the question in a format that maybe they don't feel like is, um, you know, is casual enough that they can really just be honest. Um, because that's the magic to me, that community is there's an honesty and an authenticity, um, in those relationships. And so the, the surprise would be is how quickly they're, that the community is willing to share with me when asked. And the depth, just the depth yeah, of the answers. Yeah, yeah. And I feel, you know, sometimes I'm, there are leaders that go well before I came to this community and so even just the openness and the willingness for them to reach out to me and embrace me in this position 
I'd probably need to articulate that more to that community is so appreciated because I don't necessarily have those personal relationships with those folks, but they are the ones too that are really lending their voices. And, and that means a huge deal to me too. No doubt. Uh, I, I've been known to say that, and I know what you're going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. I've been known to say that I don't know many people, but the people that I know, know everybody. <laughs> and the value oftentimes in community is not in who you know, but who you know knows. Mm -hmm. And what I've seen in that short time is the regional, the volunteer ranks of the promotional products industry, if you were to just line those names up on a spreadsheet and start making associations between the volunteers and the success of the member businesses of those volunteers, there's a direct correlation. And so consequently, because of their business success, combined with their desire to give back, equates to the depth and richness of the information that you're seeing. So again, to kind of take this thing full circle, if there's people out there listening to what we have to say, other than obviously the richness of our friendship, um, Dane and I wouldn't be friends if it wasn't for the regional association community. So hopefully that's a reflection. And I'm, I'm, advocating as hard as I possibly can for regional trade association participation, regardless of age, regardless of position. If you, you should not think that the regional association is meant just for your salespeople. There's so much more for the rest of the organization to be able to benefit if they were to take the time to maybe add a customer service person or a warehouse person to uh, the membership of the organization. I think that everyone would stand to benefit. So closing thoughts, Dana, we're getting ready to wrap this thing up. Promotional products work week is in full effect. So what do we want to, what do we want to tell? There's so much to say, but I think that the most important message is the thank you is a thank you to everybody out there in this industry, in this community that is telling the story of promotional products. Um, together we are advocating to elevate the perception in the marketplace and everybody will benefit from that. And so for your time and your energy and your good humor, and you are in these ranks, Roger, for your leadership, I can't say thank you enough. Well, thank you. And I am marking down one year from today to send you a calendar invite so we can find out how it goes. And with that, I will bid you adieu and we will talk again soon.